and welcome to episode 541, 541 of the GodIsAGeek.com podcast. My name's Adam Cook and I'm joined by, if you're watching in video, beneath me here, Mick Fraser and Lyle Carr. Hello chaps, how are you? Hello mate, right? Hey, we got introduced together, so we can't say anything too enthusiastic in case we cut the other off. It's on me, not on you. I'm getting lazy, right? Because the thing is, although we don't do this live anymore, the video version, when I introduce you, it's like the hardest bit to do while being the host, because you have to keep cutting between. It's easy. It's an easy thing to do when you're not hosting or speaking. You can just click, click, click. But yeah, it's just me. I thought I'd just try it. I'll try it out. I'll just try it out. The kind of, you know, how is everyone? Everyone's good. Good. Cold. It's so cold. Well, yeah, it is cold. It's. I'm wearing a hoodie indoors, and I don't. That doesn't. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I was under a blanket for the large part of today. I, I've um, yeah, I'm getting old. I think is that's what the truth of the matter is. Last episode, we talked about how we were playing lots of things. Uh, it was just Lyle and I, and we mentioned how we were playing lots of things, and we couldn't talk about them. And I'm here to tell you, listeners, watchers. That hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly the same as last week. It hasn't changed. Um, we've got a couple of indies to talk about. One, actually, on one, I'm not sure if it's an indie. And of course, we're going to talk about The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered and the No Return Mode. But we thought we'd start talking off with an indie. Talking off. Talking about. Start by talking about how to speak that was um if you've never seen a man have a stroke on a podcast uh you have now and not like that not like that um turnip boy robs a bank lyle yes yes he does he does um now i want to start actually but the little bit of, of of history is that i did know about this game okay because it had a game that came before it called i believe turnip boy commits tax evasion that's the name yep I okay think lock him up yeah, no, this, this Turnip Boy seems like a bit of a wrong one, like, to be honest with you. Now, I'm guilty, very guilty, of us not covering that, because the game name was like of such one of those you get where you're not sure if it's a real game. And Yeah, or if you just don't think it's going to be something that's really like... Like, it kind of... It's like when Shower With Your Dad simulator yes, came out. Yeah. One of those where you're like, this just seems like it might be a bit of a piss take. And sure, it might be a nice joke but you i just mean i mean honestly it. part of me thought it was some sort of thing designed to sort of it was like a fishing experiment or something do you know what i mean with the p and a h but it's not um and turnip boy robs a bank is well lal you reviewed it you tell me what it is so turnip boy robs a bank is i it's like a twin stick sort of uh, I, I, I usually try to avoid the term roguelite because I think it's kind of hard to distinguish between roguelike and roguelite. And oh, I, I looked this up the other day, so I'm really well versed on what the difference is. And I, oh, good. I actually genuinely was like, I need to. I, I keep. I've seeing looked this. up loads, and I can. Yeah, I, 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 I can, can never remember. You, I can tell you, but I'm going to. I'll finish, and then I'll tell you. Yeah. So I, I usually just avoid them. I usually just say roguelike, and I'm like, sure, whatever. Like people can read that as being either one of those things. But in this case, I really wanted to use the term roguelite because it's sort of the lightest of roguelites that ever did roguelite. <laughs> That's a sentence to say. Um, pretty well done, actually. We're fair play to you. Thanks. So you've took a lot of effort, a lot of concentration. I can't promise that for the rest of the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a game where you the aim is to steal as much money as you can from a bank Uh as a turnip character. Um, and each sort of time you go to the bank, you have a, a, t count a countdown timer of about of three minutes, I think, uh, at like a base level. Um, you, you might upgrade that later on. But yeah, to start with, it's three minutes and uh, you've got to try and get as much money out of this bank as possible in that time. So you'll there'll be guards that you'll need to sort of shoot. You get a variety of silly different weapons that you can use from like, melee stuff to to ranged weapons and all the sorts of you know weapons you would imagine in this situation and you can do uh, i think it's it's like a dodge roll but i believe it's actually turn it by falling over is the dodge roll so but like it's he negates damage as he does it so you can do that to like roll through laser grids and dodge ridiculous amounts of gunfire that might happen at bosses and it's just like it's it's a really nice easygoing like one of those games it very much has the thing of like each time you do you run uh you're rushing around to get your money if if you do run out of time it just means that enemies start spawning in but you'll probably be fine at getting back and once you get back with your loot 
you can use that money to either buy sort of permanent upgrades that will help you explore more of the bank. So you could buy like C4 to blow up vault doors, or you could buy a pick to start uh, chipping away at statues. And then you can collect like the bits of like gold from these golden statues. So it gets you more money or you can spend it on like permanent upgrades. Like you can take more damage or you mm. do more damage with guns or you have a bigger swag bag so that you can carry more money as you get back. Uh, and it's just like, it is it is a really, really well done game where every little loop you go on, it's really fun. It's, it, it, you know what you're doing and you get that constant feeling of like getting stronger and stronger and stronger and unlocking, you know, more weapons and more interesting things. And it's just like, it's it's a lovely game. It's a hard one to sort of talk about for hours and hours because it's quite a simple concept, but it's really charming and really well made. So, some of it as well is like um, not alien to us as much, but there is <laughs> there is actually lore. Like there are characters that talk to yeah. you about the previous games. Like mm -hmm. uh, was it in your review? I think you mentioned about how you apparently killed a god, and yes, I, I don't the... know if that's actually a joke or if you if you really did. It's mentioned a couple of times, so I kind of assume. Yeah. And then towards the end of the game, you experience things that maybe make you think that that sort of thing might be what happens in the Turnip Boy universe. Turnip which verse. Is a... The Turnip verse. The Turnip verse. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I, I do think that like a lot of it. It is quite an internety game. If that it makes is, sense, yeah, like it's, got a lot like, of it's quite like... meme. -y. Like, well, is it? Mm. I don't know, but like the characters, like turnip boy is a turnip. Like there are vegetables. There are all sorts of vegetables. There's a there's one that's like a macaroni piece, isn't there? And mm -hmm. yeah, um, and it is. It's 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 kind of quite a nice, not a palate cleanser, but like when you think about the, the sort of cycle of a new year starting up, which is what we're all in. Mm -hmm. It's quite a nice one. It's quite an easy to play one, isn't it? It's just it's it's not. I, don't, I haven't played as much as you. I mean, does it get really difficult ever? It didn't, um, like, it didn't feel like it. The boss fights later on get difficult okay. enough that, like, I died a couple of times on earlier runs. But it also, I was never at the point where I was like, well, hmm. if I go and do this again... It, like, if, like I, I never thought, well, I better go do this again and bang my head against a wall. It was like, okay, well, I'll go get a bit of money and I'll upgrade my gun damage yeah. and it'll probably make it easier. So it's fine. Um no, it's not. It's not a particularly hard game. It's not even particularly long either. Like I think I had, I'd like basically finished everything within like maybe four hours. It's been a while since I played it, but it was something like that. It wasn't a a huge amount of time. Um, and it's just like it's it's got a lot of little things that make it, you know, a little bit more charming, a little bit more special as well. Like there's little side missions that you do for characters, and mm. there's usually sort of like funny reasons you're doing them like there's an artist who wants paying by a influencer who wanted them to be painted so you have to go and find them in like the sort of randomized hallways and eventually you know you'll, you'll just happen to find them as you're on a if you go in like a lift to a different floor and you'll so you'll talk to them they're usually quite fetch questy really but like and then in doing that they'll that influencer Cans you a big pile of exposure books for yeah, you to give back to the artist. It's just like yeah. it's it's they know what they're doing. It is the right sort some of, of that's kind of dated in a way that humor. That's kind of quite an old joke. It feels like to me now the big sort of yeah. and exposure thing. It's it sort of I don't know because I, I just it's it's just really likable. Is I think is mm -hmm, like 100%. I was thinking about. I was playing a bit today just to get some footage to for, for the podcast, and I was I realized I hadn't done this early quest where you, you get given like a red crayon and you have to deface the the art, mm -hmm. and it's kind of just nice. Like I I also quite liked. Like, I was quite surprised. Um, so the first boss you fight, I can't, is he mm -hmm. is he is he chips or a potato or something? He's some yeah. I think he's like he's like he's he is either chips or a potato, it's, something yeah. like that, like a sheriff who's a potato. Yeah, something like that. And I, I did him first time. I didn't think it was a particularly difficult fight, but then it shouldn't be the first one. But then when I went back yeah. the second time, I expected to have to fight him again, and you didn't. And no. it, is that just him, or are all the bosses once you beat that's, them? That's all the bosses. See, that's great. Initially. I like that. Initially, yeah, I kind of like that. That's the like if. It, you think about a dead cells or something like you have to fight the bosses over and over again and you get so good at them you know to the point where some of them are inconsequential but like it just it, i don't know i mean is it is do we know if this is like a really i mean it must be popular enough it got a sequel but is it like yeah totally i, I mean i think that's just it it's it definitely did well enough to to have you know to have another one and you know it, we we have covered it now. Now that the first one's done well, so hopefully more and more people. I, are I kind assume of the first one is the same, right? It's a, I, 
I think so. Yeah, as far just as I can tell setting. from looking it up. Yeah, yeah. But it's just no. it's it's it is. It's really nice to play one of these games where it's not like you know you're going to be getting the shit beaten out of you over and over yeah. again. Because that's yeah. what happens in this sort of game normally. And a lot of the time as well, it'll maybe be a setting that's a bit sort of dark and grim and bloody or something like that. Yeah. And this is just like, you don't get light-hearted, not that difficult roguelike games. And the fact that that exists is, exists is really nice. And it's in such a charming package that yeah. on the whole, it just works really well. Yeah, it was it, The palate cleanser statement is exactly mm. what it felt like to me. It was just like, between other games getting to just have this little joyous experience that didn't ask too much of me it was very familiar in terms of like if you've played a sort of twin stick roguelike game before it will you'll immediately know what everything is and yeah the upgrades are just really nice it was just a lovely game a really a really nice sort of surprise mm. and you didn't really we didn't really know much about the series until now before we move on to the next game, there's a couple of things we should clear up. One is, yes, I'll explain the roguelike, roguelike, roguelike thing, light oh, yes. thing. But also, for those who only listen to this podcast, the audio version, I do think it needs calling out how amazing Mick Fraser is, because I'm pretty sure behind him I saw a pizza enter the room. Now, I, I don't know if he... There's dinner going on. Yeah, like, I don't I know if he couldn't yet. see it because he's facing the camera, but I saw that pizza and I just thought, this this man is my hero yeah um, sure. well done there's a lot of dinner going on behind yeah, that, me that, that was like he didn't even he didn't drift no, off or no, try and grab a slice so impressive yeah. although although i will say it was bad for me I because i'm trying to lose weight with... and i literally was sat there thinking i could just text <laughs> I could the kids the and say bollocks in. order a pizza like you know but i won't, I won't. um roguelike yeah you probably will <laughs> apparently a roguelite is when progression carries over and a roguelike is when once you die, basically you start a game as if it was your first time playing it. Mm. Apparently, that makes sense. I don't think I any guess. of them are very much like Rogue anymore, are they? I always just wait think... for someone to correct me on YouTube. That's just the easiest yeah, way. Yeah, that's the quickest if way. I, I can guarantee whichever one I say, someone will come on and go. Actually, there's not a rogue line. It's a rogue line. And this is why. Yeah, but if you, you say know, hello on YouTube, someone will correct you. So <laughs> yeah. it's um. Welcome to Paradise on YouTube. <laughs> Welcome to Paradise. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I didn't. I've seen bits of this game, Mick. You played it. You previewed it. Not like a. It's not yeah. a massive build of what you've played. I believe. It was like I think it was two hours. Uh, I guess repeatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it took us both by surprise. One because neither of us quite realised what it was linked to. Um, Welcome to Paradise, Ooh. Mick. What is it? Tell us all about it. So it's. A, I I thought it was. At first glance, before I looked into it, I just assumed it was a spiritual successor to How to Survive. I don't know many people remember How to Survive. Um, came out in 2013. There was a sequel, then there was like a special edition. And basically, it's like an isometric uh, zombie survival game. I it's remember a, a lot of yellow. Because yeah, yellow is yellow. all I remember. Yeah, it was the, it had a yellow logo. And like the whole the How to Survive thing, there are... There are paid survival guide that you find through the game the how to survive guide and they've got yellow covers with right. like you know um little cartoons on and things like that and it, but it, yeah it turns out it's not a i don't know if it's a spiritual success i'm still not entirely sure but it's by the same people and it's very very similar but it doesn't feel like a sequel although it, it probably could carry on in a way but yeah it's it's so like it's an isometric zombie survival game but the so in the uh, how to survive games, the trick was to it was they were about crafting. They're about finding resources. You craft your armor out of like welding masks and you know American football gear or whatever you find lying around with spikes on it, and uh, you'd make your own weapons and it, and and so and it was kind of like um, like an RPG. It was like a lot, not not a Diablo like, but there was a lot of loot and there was a lot of bits and pieces to find. And you would go around and do quests and side quests for NPCs and things like that. So this is very similar to that. So Welcome to Paradise, which I, I really hate the title because it's a sort of title that unless you see it written, it doesn't because it's like Welcome to Paradise Z, capital Z instead of an S. And the paradise in it is that like an organization that have found a way to enslave the zombies. So everyone's been living in a zombie apocalypse oh. for so long that 
a certain amount of people like the rich and um and privileged have fucked off to outer space i think Wait, that's so what i got from the so the title is based on law like there's a company called power because yeah, to me it was like and, oh stop with this sort of no, no they hadn't it is law. yeah and so basically they they've the people who are left on earth the people who are left on earth are just the survivors but like i said this company's found a way to enslave zombies with special headsets so you put a headset on a zombie and then you can control it is it is it some sort of meta culture about commentary about vr or 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 phones i I don't know honestly i this seems like the sort of game that if it didn't be able to do it subtly so like I right. don't, nothing subtle about this game so for example like i don't know where the zombies come from in this world anymore but in the game world you find these things called pylons and they're a big big pole flashing there's a tube in the ground and periodically the tube will just fire out a zombie so and then and each of these pylons has a different kind of zombie and the the thing that makes them different is that they be will be wearing something unique. So there are zombies that have um, like armor with massive spikes, and I don't mean like little spikes. I mean they're actually wearing like four foot stakes on their armor, running around. There are zombies that have saddles on. There are zombies zombies that pop out that have targets on them <coughs> and things like that. And then the more of these zombies you kill and loot you you build a percentage bar of everything you loot and eventually when you've looted enough you can craft it so rather than it's kind of like learning the blueprint by picking up the loot and then once you've crafted it you can put it on your own zombie so like the first thing you have to do is is find a broken helmet and craft a helmet that works and then beat a zombie to its knees basically and put a helmet on it and then it becomes your zombie now as I said, all these things that you find lying around that you pick up and you could eventually craft. So they're they're pretty self-explanatory. For example, if you if you craft the target and put it on your zombie, it makes all the other zombies attack your zombie instead of you. If you put the spiky armor on, then it it, it has like a like a Diablo thorns effect where it does damage to the attackers. If you put a saddle on it, you can use it as a mount and literally jump on it and it will piggyback you around faster than you can walk. <laughs> It's humans, like zombies that are human zombie, yes, like not dog zombies normal. or no, no, or, no, or they're normal zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah. It's just a okay. very, and I tell you what, it was. I, it's such a silly game. Well, yeah, I'm getting that from the fact you can it's ride. Something. Yeah, you can ride. I mean, they could have made a horse zombie, like well, they could have done anything they want, but no, well, you literally yeah. can piggyback the zombie, and then you can attack from its back, and oh, piggyback can... it. You piggyback it. Sorry, yeah. so it doesn't go on all. I'm a picture of a zombie that's gone on all fours. No, no, no. And it, is... it, it piggybacks you. Right. And you can run around and. Sorry, for some reason I don't. I don't know why that makes less sense or more. I don't <laughs> understand. But I think I wasn't expecting it to be as much. Like it's really like I'm not gonna. It's very very janky. Like how to survive the how to survive games are very janky to the to but a point where. But is that is that because it's a preview build or is it because it's? The, I do you don't think, think it is. Think I it's think just it's this, just yeah. how the and this is it. Eco Software aren't necessarily known. I mean, they're not a big. It's not. They're not a big developer, but they've done a lot of stuff that people probably wouldn't realize they do. Like they're they're the ones who do the main rugby games. You know, like when there's yeah. a, a yearly rugby game. That's Eco Software. They did uh, Warhammer Chaos Bane, which was like a pretty good Diablo alike. That was, I think, is still being played by people. You know, they so they they've had some good stuff, but the How to Survive games in particular were incredibly incredibly creaky. And this is that, this feels very similar to I, that. I vaguely remember there was one other thing I remember apart from the yellow is I want to say that it was going up against State of Decay when it first. It did, yeah, yeah. Twenty thirteen, it was a big zombie year. It was, it was <laughs> State of Decay. Well, we had State. I, I put it in the in the preview because I was I was. It was like zombie, like Walking Dead was in like season two or three, so oh, that wow. was like at the height of its, you so know, it popularity was season. Yeah, and then I think uh, World War Z was out that year, and like you said, State of Decay hit the Xbox around the same time or just before. So it was a big, and I think that's what carried it a little bit because people were quite in it with zombie mania. But it, and I think they were quite culty hits as well. Like people like Mm. liked them because they were janky and they were silly and they didn't take themselves too seriously. 
And this, I don't know whether this might veer a little bit too far into we're deliberately not taking ourselves seriously. Like I hope, like ah, when you see but the man, I, game, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm there, for, I'm here for that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and I kind like, of, I'm am. a bit tired of why, the real world being so yeah, you know, horrible. Yeah, that's why I really liked it because I was just like, Jesus, this is fun. Like there's loot everywhere. You know, what I'm like with loot. Well, I, anyway, I understand your yeah, yeah. There's loot fountains out of everything, and there's you know you you, you seem to have an infinite inventory so to rip all the loot and then dismantle it and make and then like when you find a crafting node it just spawns like you'll find it it says uh find the wood the, the whatever it is the wood node and you find it and wood just spontaneously appears there's no like you don't have to you don't have to hack a tree down or anything like you just stand still and it spawns wood and then you can you, and then you can craft you, you, you're riding zombies around in piggyback like i'm, I'm uh, not sure that realism can exactly be, you know it, no, it really doesn't factor at no. all. I mean, and, and you've got fast travel points that you need to activate, and they're everywhere. Um, like I said, there's NPCs that have built little forts, or they're, they're, they're holed up in these areas where they've got their own zombies protecting them. And you can build your own zombie. So you can build a, a base... And like you can have, like you've got a workbench and a crafting area and all this stuff, and then you can build a generator that powers everything. You can build your own pylon that spawns your own zombies that will defend your base from other zombies. Of <laughs> and, and I think I I don't know if it's multiplayer. I don't actually know that because the the build I played was quite a short chunk. So I, I presume in this day and age and with this sort of game that there may well be a multiplayer element. I'm not hundred percent sure, so I could I need to fact check that, but. It, it's just mental. It's just, and it was just really fun. And like, I had a couple of, of bits where like my character just just warped through the screen, and that was that was then I had to sort of restart and reload and come back in. And and like you, there's no character creation. You just pick a survivor from a from like a load of pre-made characters, and they, they don't have uh, different stats or anything like that. It's really not that deep. It's just uh, it's. It's just a survival crafting game. I, I can say, really by the way, fun. I've just had a quick look on the Steam um, webpage. I was more curious about when it was out because we mentioned about the sort of jank and that. It was out at the end of February. I think it's February, yeah. yeah, yeah. 29th, apparently, five weeks. Um, so according to Steam, so I, I'm not 100% always accurate, but I would think accurate. Single player, online PvP, PvP online co-op, shared or yeah. split-screen PvP, and shared or split-screen co-op. So it sounds like the works. Yeah. I could the see this being a good game. Were they were, yeah. I could see it being a good, yeah. fun kind of. You know how you like people used to play MMOs, and it would be like they were just playing them just to chat to their mates while doing. Yeah, it's that, I could yeah. see these sort of games replacing that. I could imagine it. It's a, it a podcast game. Yeah, it was refreshingly quite easy. Like. I, like I didn't die for the entire time I was playing, and and like there were a couple of times because you can you have skill. It's like a skill tree for you and the zombie, and you can you can set its behaviour so that it'll it'll revive you if you get downed, or it'll heal you. Like it'll come and bandage you, or you can set it to be aggressive or or docile or defensive, or it's so like it, it's not a difficult game so i think they've really kind of just gone all out in making something that's fun which is it's it's which is good. after you've explained it now because the, the artwork to this game is a bit weird but now i actually get it it's a zombie basically with the the, the helmet thing on that controls yeah. and he's bringing like a well he's bringing like a can of beer a bottle of beer and yeah. the hot dogs <laughs> yeah. which have got dynamite in them it also by the way I, I didn't know this was coming to consoles and it's on amazon right now for 34.99 on ps5 so it is a budget release as well by the yeah. sounds of it um i didn't check the steam price but i just think it's fun i, I think it's going to be one of those games that i'll play i'll play for quite a while you know after it, it comes nice out enough. and then and it, and it looks like the sort of thing that i'll have a little bit of fun with and i think it's that's nice sometimes because we're sort of on the we are at that point in the year where we're on the cusp of like we're waiting for everything to sort of suddenly because everything at the moment is oh that's out at the end of january or that's out at the end of february everything's sort of coming <laughs> and it's going to be I thought, like, this is a sort of game that could maybe get swallowed in that when it starts at the end of like the back yeah. end of february well i mean so, not not for nothing but it's being released on the same day as final fantasy 7 rebirth so um yes you know what i mean so, so i think they have yeah. put themselves up against it but uh yeah that's yeah it's good it's good fun I, I quite enjoyed what i played of it i'm looking forward to playing some more 
fair enough mate fair enough and um, we will move on to the last of us part two remastered and yes we will acknowledge that um i haven't played it not i haven't played the whole game again i've played all the bits that matter and some of the main game um it should be called director's cut or definitive edition i've, I've no problem saying that like it it's i think a lot of people have got a problem with this because it's called remastered and it's like it, that game looked good already and obviously yeah. it loads quicker they've added dual sense stuff one of the biggest things they've added is the no return mode which is a roguelite okay and the it's really weird chris well chris white mentioned this in his review and and he's spot on right it, it's really odd because kind of god of war ragnarok valhalla has come along and eaten its lunch a little bit because that's a free roguelite mode like and 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 you just download it as free dlc and it's it's great and i finished that over the over the break i forgot to mention that and i still am blown away by how much story they added to that the last of us part two remastered no return mode is really good like it's a really good roguelite mode and it, it does highlight like i think people think of the last of us and the last of us part two as these massively story heavy games which of course they are but they are mechanically good, especially the second one. Like they improved on a lot, and mechanically they are fun, sort of realistic shooters in that respect. Um, it's the mechanics that got me in the in the well, second there you go. game because I didn't I didn't like. I mean, I've said before I didn't like the second game, but I like. I mean, the you can't fault how well they're made. Yeah, both of them, and the second one in particular. No, so the roguelite mode is is really interesting because what they do is you, you start off and you can. Um, I mean, look, if you have somehow avoided the fact that there are any spoilers for this game whatsoever to this point, fair play to you, but I'm going to have to mention there are two playable characters. Um, and in the roguelite mode, you start off, and, and this is even if you've completed the game because I'd imported my save. So you start off, you can pick um, Abby or you can pick Ellie. And then by doing a couple of r runs as Ellie, you'll unlock um, Dina. Or by and and so on, so you kind of are. It's like factions, I guess. Like it's the it's whatever way you want to look at them, the goodies and the baddies. I know the game doesn't really do that, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's yeah. um, you know, like if you play enough on the on on the sort of Abbey side of things, you will unlock like Lev and so forth. And if you play enough of Ellie's stuff as her as her and Dina, and each one you unlock you know joel on that eventually you know so you're unlocking them there are also like all these mods or these um mutators i suppose they would call them and you start out in like a little safe room and it's even nice because even the safe room is different because it's related to their story so ellie's is like a shack um and um abby's is like this sort of all christmas decorated led thing like i think it, i think it might be the stadium from the game i'm not sure um and in there you've got um, where you get your rewards for each level, you've got a gun cabinet you can that randomizes, and you can buy things with currency. You've got a workbench to upgrade your guns, the same as in the game, and you can just bring up your crafting menu. And you know the supplements you get in the game that upgrade them. You 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 can you get them from doing levels. Then you go to the level board, and it's like there's one to start off with, and they branch out across to what eventually culminates in a boss battle against one of the bosses from the main game. But each of the branches on the way have got different modes within them so like hunted is basically you're in a level for two minutes and they're just going to throw everything at you survive so you could just run around if you think you can survive that way it's not going to work eventually because it's going to get difficult um another one will be like you know survival or not survival sorry um forget the name of it you have to hunt down like waves of enemies and again how you do that is up to you same as in the game you can do it stealthily you can go guns blazing there will be levels where you get given um a member of like the group like you will get a level where you're playing as Ellie and suddenly Dina's there for that level and she'll help you out with shooting people and stuff. So it's like they vary it up every single level. And it's really Moorish. It's um, it's really, really well done. It, it, it would be one of those things, I think, where people would be talking about it as this incredible mode if Valhalla mm. hadn't come along a month ago and, and sort of done very similar but not the same. Um, they must have been so annoyed about that. Weird. But it's weird. what's weirded me out a bit is that I remember a lot of people at the time, I think myself included, saying I would have happily paid a tenner for that Valhalla mode. Mm -hmm. And now people are complaining about the price of this one. I... You can get the Valhalla one for free, though. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. It's a really good mode, really, really good fun. It has da like daily challenges and stuff, and there's all these alternate ways of playing it, and it's really, really entertaining. The Lost Levels, I... I'm a bit torn on because I think it's nice to to get them, like it's nice to get a little bit of like 
you know extra content and and yeah. you can watch them with director's commentary or you can watch them with like an introduction as well like Neil Druckmann sat in what looks like a cinema and he talks about what it is why it was cut like one of the main ones um is like a little short sewer section and he says basically it was cut for pacing, which is going to drive people wild. You already think the pacing's off, which is which is I thought I thought, I thought that might be deliberate. Um, and, and some and some of them are more complete than others. Like that one actually felt like they could have just it, it was near enough there. Like there's a few assets you can tell they didn't quite finish. Um, there's one at a carnival kind of fair thing back in Jackson, uh, which is missing sound effects and some quite a bit. Like it, it's. You know, you can. It's fine. It adds a little bit of color to the overall story and and, and stuff. And there's one um, hunting a, a, an animal, which is technically it's like it's not optimized at all. It's like a really low frame rate one. Um, they're nice. They're quite short. They're quite short, and they're nice that they're there. I guess. It, I can't tell people if like if the value is is there for them or not. I really enjoyed having a reason to sort of have another look at this game because i love this game and i like the no return mode and i, I liked a lot of it um the remaster moniker is going to put people off because it doesn't feel remastered it, it 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 well it does and it doesn't like it does look amazing it does load quicker it doesn't load as quick as a spider-man or you know the very best examples mm. it's just still a fantastic game what i would say is if you've never played it before this is the version like this is you know there's a lot of haptics and stuff but they're like it's done quite sparingly like they don't hammer you over the head with the haptics thing it's it's like you'll just notice them now and again little bits like it's really well done it doesn't feel yeah but i i, I really like it i can see the score chris gave it because it's still an amazing game they've just added more to it you know i mean this it is what it is um the last of us part two remastered there you go lovely game talked about it a bit Badly named, you can all, yeah. But I, I, like I say, I would have called it definitive edition. I think because director's cut is weird because they've still technically the content is still cut. It's just an optional. You like it's like a DVD extra. Yeah, you you can play it, but it's not incorporated into the game at all. It, it's a separate thing. Um, so yeah, director's cut didn't wouldn't quite feel right, I guess. But yeah, there we go. Um, and on that note, it's time for some listener correspondence. It's time. It's time. Chris Hyde. Well, we've got quite a bit here to get through, so let's waste no time. Uh, McPoo from Discord says, um, what's your hottest take? doesn't have to be gaming related, just the take that will make everyone look at you like you're mad. I feel like this is him trying to find a way to like, just like get someone on the podcast to admit that they think the Earth's flat or something. Like I think he's full on, he's full on fishing for flat Earthers here. Let's That's let's, my... let's let's try and keep it gaming then. I mean, we're a gaming podcast, so let's try and keep it to a game. It's difficult for you, I know, because we did a whole Patreon podcast about one of yours. We did. I but mean, can you give yeah. us another? That's the thing. I probably can, but I think most of them are fairly well known at this point. Really. Okay. Um. One of them you agree with, so we'll, I'll, oh. I've got a few though. But yeah, the one, the, the famous one, the one that people know, famous. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Is um, you know that I think Breath of the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is like a six point five out of ten. I don't like it very much. It did things to Zelda I didn't like at all. But that's there's a whole Patreon exclusive podcast with like ten episodes or something stupid you can listen to about that. Um, other ones are kind of related to this podcast in that I think that The Last of Us, the original The Last of Us, is like a really tedious game that I don't enjoy at all. Um, could say the same for Red Dead Redemption 2, the slowest and dullest game that I can think of ever not wanting to play. That is that um, one's pretty hot. That's a pretty that's hot. A, that's a tasty one, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the one you would agree with is that I don't really understand the appeal of Metal Gear Solid 3 at all. I just can't. I've, I've tried to force myself to play that game so many times as someone who has enjoyed the first, the second, the fourth. I don't understand the appeal of Metal Gear Solid, period. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that yours. Okay, well, the <laughs> thing is, is I had prepared mine, and it was going to be that I'm not... not a... <laughs> wow, I, I don't... I, mine was going to be Metal Gear Solid 3, and you both 
Well, Mick's totally one up anything I could have said that day. Shit. Um, I tell you what, I think we're gonna have to do another question, and I'll I'll keep trying to think of something that I'm. So it's from McPoo again. Uh, what are your favourite hot dog toppings? This is a tough one because I think I'm quite I'm quite sort of traditional with a hot dog in that I think Ooh. some onion, some ketchup, and some mustard is pretty much as good as it gets for me personally. Like you know, it's a just the right amount of loaded of things that are nice keeps that traditional hot dog flavor. I, I would never turn I'll down a bit of cheese. Well, the eagle-eyed viewers um, may have noticed that Mick has vanished. Um, we've had technical problems and it's nothing to do with his tastes on Metal Gear Solid. So we're going to get back to the questions and the favorite hot dog toppings. Uh, I would just do mustard and ketchup. I think I, I, okay. I, I went a long, long time just being a ketchup man and being averse to flavor. But now I, I tell you what, actually I know that the, the topic of hot, hot dogs on God is a geek in terms of podcasts we've done over the years is a hot one. I fucking love a hot dog. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? They really are. There's something about how easy they are to consume. Yeah. Um, and like you say, you can just... I mean, let's face it, calling something a chilli dog when all you've done is taken a hot dog and just thrown chilli on it. Like, There's not many foods you can just go, yeah. I'm going to just add another meal to it. And it's great. And yeah. yeah, there's there's so little to complain about with hot dogs. It's just... It's a very easy food... It's easy to make. It's easy to eat. Most things you put on it will probably be nice. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to ask you a question about sort of adjacent question. I think one yeah. of one of our favourite things we do every year is is when it gets to the cold period and the markets and that open up, is we go and have curry first. Mm -hmm. um, now some people serve it, and it's just in a pot with your sausage and the curry first sauce and a bit of dusting. Some people mm -hmm. serve curry first as a hot dog. What, what do we think of that? I I think I've only had it as a hot dog. Oh, okay. So I don't know why I asked because I wouldn't turn it down anyway. Like I asked it as if it was going to be some sort of divisive like, argument. No. Like, now I think about it, I would prefer it just as it was, but I'm still going to eat that. In fact, yeah, I have eaten that at it, home. I, it, it was really nice, I have to say. And as a thing, again, a really great way to have a hot dog Very or good. a hot dog equivalent food. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for it, and you know, perfect summer food, so not really appropriate for right now. But I wouldn't turn it down. No, no, same. Um, right, Steve says, what's your most vivid gaming memory of all time? Could be a moment of unbridled rage, startled surprise, or pure joy that will stay with you forever. That's such a big question. That's something where it's like, what can I think about that answers that? Do you know what I mean? Like, what where what are these big moments and like you've got to remember far back for a lot of these I feel like I think probably. I can pull one okay I don't think it's going to translate well to a podcast but it's one I will never forget because it's a rare moment of, I don't want to say cruelty but <laughs> it's a rare moment of me genuinely laughing out loud at someone else's misfortune and it was playing worms remember the game worms Put old worms, yeah, yeah, Team 17 um, and all that. And, and I was playing with a friend who wasn't, shall we say, versed in gaming very well. Like, he was, he didn't play games. Um, and we were all there. And I was showing off. I was very young, by the way. I was showing off in front of mates. <laughs> showing uh, off with worms. Other mates. Showing off with worms. And I, he said he didn't know what to do now. And I said, what you should do is press jump twice because you, you do this cool jump. Right, which is true. Which is it true. It is true. That's not a lie. It's a backflip, if I recall, and you mm -hmm. go back yeah. and you go backwards a bit, which he did, and landed on the mine that was there, and I laughed so hard I thought I was going to shit myself. It was that that vivid a memory. Yeah. I've never laughed at a game so much since, and I can still sort of see it in my bedroom as a kid at home and say, "Oh yeah, just double jumping him doing it like so trusting." And like I've yeah. never, I don't know if that was a, a lesson I learned to never abuse that trust in 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 the future, as as a person. But I, it's a very vivid memory. And on the same count, I remember a friend of mine getting really frustrated at a game, and it was a PlayStation. I think it would have been the original PlayStation, so a wired controller, and it was mine. But I didn't care because it was so funny. He got so pissed off, he just went and threw the controller up in the air, and somehow it landed perfectly in the bin. Like, and it was just like he didn't mean it. It just did it, and it was like yeah, most of them, yeah, those, those are my 
They're, they're some vivid nice. memories. Okay, that's good. You've got you, you've covered some nice bases there. I'll cover the other bases. I think okay. I've got I've got a pure I've got a pure joy, and I've got uh, a pure emotion. In the pure emotion is, and I don't even necessarily remember what the moment in it was, but it was teenage Lyle who had more emotions than adult Lyle, <laughs> as all teenagers unfortunately have to deal with. And at some point, uh, it to the ending of Kingdom Hearts, I definitely did a cry. So. <laughs> So I'm saying that that was, I, I, I will always remember that as being like, that was me crying at a video game and that hadn't happened before. And it doesn't really happen very often anyway. I can't recall many others, but I always have that as a memory of like, I remember crying at that video game. And that's quite a, you know, that's a significant moment playing video yeah, games. That's, that's a vivid one. Yeah. And uh, my pure joy is um, uh, in Sea of Thieves, uh, there used to be, I think it's gone now, a sort of like an arena mode where you'd have like five different teams all all like, you know, uh, controlling like a big pirate ship as Sea of Thieves does. And it, the, the whole point of it is that you have to dig up the, the, these treasure chests and take them to like this base ship and you score points for it. And we were, we were playing with some friends online, me and uh, my partner and... It, we were getting absolutely battered by all these people who were like a hundred percent better than us. Like we were getting completely beaten, and uh, there was only like, and we were like certain we were going to lose. And I had this genius idea in this heat of the moment on this island that was sort of like a big archway that I could get one of the chests and very quickly said to everyone else, quick, steer the ship under this archway. And I had one of the chests and just did the biggest fucking jump onto the ship, broke my legs and my character died, but the treasure chest just remained there. <laughs> and we won this game just by by this like complete this moment where like it was never something we'd strategized about. It was just like I had this one quick thought of like, this could work. This might be how we're able to salvage this. And it was just this moment where I remember jumping through the air and literally just screaming down the mic, like, yeah, we got it! And, like, a, a full-on fist pumping. And, like, you know, I didn't really even care about winning, but it just felt fucking awesome. It was right at the time, yeah. Now, that's good. I love those moments. I'm trying to think of them, something like that as well, but I don't think I need to. You've covered that. Um, Mick's got a couple of questions. He sent some that I'll ask, uh, I think, when the pod's more fuller. But for now, we'll stick with, do you still play Ring Fit? And why do you think they never did DLC for it? The answer to that for me is no. I'm guessing. Hey, I, I never played Ring okay. Fit, so still no, I guess. I don't think they did DLC for it because, like, if I remember correctly, for a while that was hard to get hold of. That that thing Yay. sold out everywhere. So I don't, And that mm. doesn't happen these days. It's not, you know, it's not like when we were growing up and it's like, oh, well, if you didn't get that toy in November, you ain't getting it for Christmas because it's sold out. So I don't think they probably needed to it just sold enough that and i bet it still does like i was thinking yeah. i went in the cex and i don't remember seeing one i, no, I felt I, like i would have spotted it do you know what i mean i feel like i'd have gone you know i could i could name other things like i saw ipads galore i saw you know older consoles that i was like oh an older console but that i'm pretty sure if i'd seen a ring fit i mean i'm not saying they're not you can't get them i'm sure you can now but but yeah, no, I, I definitely remember that being the case. I remember there were like different waves of it doing that as well. I remember during like sort of like pandemic times, it being oh, something yeah. that people were really desperate to get a hold of as like a fun way to do a bit of exercise when it was kind of hard to do stuff like that. But yeah, it was it, it was one of those games that just felt like it did ridiculously well and everyone always wanted. So I, I, that's probably a good reason. His next question is like, it is dripping with snark. Um, okay. So I will try and read it without just, like, stop it. I would just read it, I think, because I, I don't... Nintendo's lineup is a bit confusing this year with that random Mario vs. DK game that only McPoo would buy, Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door remaster, Luigi's Mansion 2 remaster, and another code remake. Barring Metroid Prime... I just want... No, I am going to have to be clear. These are not my words. Mm, yes. I'm reading a listener's question. Barring Metroid Prime 4, which will probably release with Elder Scrolls 6, what do you think Nintendo could do to fill the gaps? Okay, yeah. So that, not all your opinions, then. No, none of that is my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I think... I think Nintendo have quite a usual level of us not knowing what they're going to do this year, really, mm -hmm. in that 
you know, they'll do a direct like they do, and it'll tell us like, those gaps will get filled pretty quickly with all sorts of exciting things, and things might appear unexpectedly soon. They like to do the whole thing where it's like, and it'll be out in a few weeks, and it's something you were really excited. I mean, last year they did Metro Prime remastered, and it's out now, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. They could so do like, that with two. They could do that with two. That'd be awesome, actually. I like two. Um, I get it. I I get it. Like these are remakes, and they're they're. I get it. But like, I I think that just means you need to read between the lines a little bit about what's coming down the pike. And like when you put it in sort of brass tacks as as he has by listing them off, you do sort of go, might be the year. It might be the year. It does feel like I know people have said it might be the year a few years at this point, but this year is feeling the most. It feels might the, be year the year to me. Year for a successor to the Switch. It, it does. It fills the year to me. We haven't had a 3D Mario since, well, since, since the Odyssey. Yeah. Um, it would be very, very sensible to launch a new console with a new Mario 3D game. A re-up like they did with Zelda, so a Breath of the Wild, sorry, it's not called that, is it Tears of the Kingdom? Or, or a collection. Like yeah. the two of them as a product. We haven't had a new Mario Kart for a long. There's definitely things that Nintendo haven't done. Yeah, and there's a reason they haven't done them. There's, I mean, F-Zero, Kirby's always going to be around. Smash, yeah. when you think about it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm not saying I think that they will announce a new Smash. Nintendo does what Nintendo does. Like you, like you said, there will be a Direct and you will go, bastards. And they will just announce a game that you forgot somehow. Like it would be a new Punch-Out or... A, uh, I yeah. don't know. It could be anything, or it could be Metroid Prime Four. You know, we're all overdue seeing that. Who knows? Yeah, um, the Metroid Prime Four. The Metroid Prime Four thing is always one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, that'll never come out. But at some point, it actually it will, will come yeah. out. But Nintendo have always been like in the Switch last few years. It has been kind of like absolutely huge, enormous title that everyone pays attention to. Slightly niche title the next month that you know. So like this month is another code. And then next month is like Mario versus DK. I get it that they're not too huge. Mm-hmm. Or is that March? I can't remember. Whatever. They're not huge titles, but they're also yeah. not. I don't know. I, I'm not worried. Uh, last question: Would you buy a Gears of War one, two, and three collection for seventy quid? Uh, no, they're all on Game Pass. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that if they did them, they would. It would be on Game Pass, wouldn't it? It's a Microsoft game, so yeah. So, I mean, it depends what they do with this collection. For if it, like, I mean, if we we have to take Game Pass out of the equation, I guess, but it would depend what they did to those three games. Well, are we assuming they're like because Gears One did get remasters? Yeah, it did, didn't it? So, are we assuming that they they're all getting that sort of remaster treatment and like the the bit like the Halo where they brought the multiplayer together into one huge package? And yeah, like... I feel like that kind of makes sense, right? Sure. We'll save I'd, that. I'd buy it if it weren't on Game Pass, yeah, for sure, because I love that series. But I do also think it would be weird timing because Gears Five was ages ago now, like ages ago. Yeah, it's Gears is a is a weird one where it does feel like it feels like it got kind of lost a bit, and it feels like it's been a while now since like, like it has been kind of ages, hasn't it? I'm gonna like, have to I... look it up. You know, I reviewed Gears Five, I think. But I'm gonna to have to look it up because I can't remember what year it was. 2019. Wow. 2019. Yeah. September 2019. Five years. Like, yeah, we are due something new from. We're due some gears of war. Sorry, gears. Sorry, just gears now. Yeah. Oh, that that, that, not, that a... might piss me off if they released it and it was called Gears Collection. Mm, and it would be, wouldn't it? I, I think it probably would. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would. Yeah. Stick judgment in there just to salt the wound. Oh yeah, definitely. You got to. That game be... would have been all right if they didn't change the controls. Like this, the game had three games, and then they decided to change the controls for the fourth one, which wasn't the fourth one. So it wasn't the fourth one. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to replay those games. It's been a fucking while for me for basically any of the Gears games. Really, I, yeah. I don't think I played four or five. So wow. It feels I like mean, I been... played that first one a lot in online as well. Yeah. I, I remember same. being like an expert doing the general ram battle at the end on the train like on legendary or whatever it was called the hardest difficulty mm-hmm. whatever it was I, I remember becoming like an expert at that it was yeah i played that a lot yeah i mean i would I, ultimately if it brings gears back and people start wanting a new gears yeah i probably would but 
it will be on Game Pass, so it's a moot point. And that is the end of listener correspondence, so I'll play the jingle. It's time. It's time. Chris Hyde. And there we have it. It's another slightly shorter podcast for you, but I promise you that not only are the cast of crew returning to be not just ending up with me and Lyle, but the games are coming. And in fact, I think next episode, I think next episode we can talk about some of the biggies. Yeah, I think I, I think I've got at least two games. I'd be quite happy to talk quite a lot about next week. Yeah, maybe I, th- I think I'm the same. Um, yeah, I think that'll be next week, next episode. Um, so do hang in there. We just wanted to give you a podcast. To, you know, We know we were a bit slow starting, but it's been really busy, and you'll find out more probably on the next episode as to exactly what we've been up to. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, it just remains to say, if you enjoyed this podcast and you watched on uh, YouTube, you can make sure you subscribe and hit the bell button to never miss any future content. You can go to patreon.com slash geek where you can find access to our Discord community where you can send these questions in your own ones that you want to get answered. Talk to the people there. They're all lovely. Um I say that. No, they're all lovely. It's fine. It's happy new year. Um, <laughs> make sure you you know like us and subscribe, like I say, and follow and all that, and all the social mediums <laughs> has become my catchphrase, and I don't like yes. it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, and obviously, thank you very much to Mick, who is not with us now, and by that I mean left the podcast temporarily. I don't mean passed to the other realm. Uh, and obviously, thanks to Lyle for being here, who's still here. Did stay here. I stayed the whole time, no matter no matter how bad the takes. Indeed. And obviously we will speak to you next week or whenever you choose to listen. Bye-bye for now.